Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Paul Listnick Behind the Curtain here on WGNRadio.com. My chance to step away from the world of politics and law that you see me cover all of the time on television to talk about a real fun thing to talk about, theater, the arts. Today, those worlds kind of merge a little bit because we are talking about theater, but we're talking politics. At least I think we are. You'll understand that as you say hi to the cast of this phenomenal show that is playing at the Steppenwolf Theater. Of course, everything they do is great, but this one is especially just so wonderful. It's been extended through December 17th, and it's had two extensions. So if that doesn't tell you it's doing well and people are loving it, I don't know what does. The show is called, I just call it POTUS, but I got to give you the full name and I got to read it because it's too long. POTUS, or behind every great dumbass are seven women trying to keep him alive with me are five of the seven women who are trying to keep him alive we could have had all seven but it just gets so crowded uh and you guys are so special in the show i wanted to join you hi everybody and thanks for joining me thanks paul thanks for having us so i thought what we would do is just start with line run read through the whole script and cut out the swear words great <laughs> great it's like, it's like watching an episode of the sopranos on usa it's like <laughs> I was going to say, and now we're done. Uh, yeah, that would take so, about I mean, yeah, 30 seconds. I'll be honest. Look, a lot of bad language in this show. And, and for viewers or, or listeners to this, if, if bad language offends you, uh, look, I can't tell you to see the show. I'm going to be honest about that. <laughs> but if bad language doesn't offend you, and it, it, these days, I don't know why it would. This is one of the funniest shows. Chris Jones's review, one of the final things he says is, I got to be honest, I've never heard an audience laugh this hard uh, during a performance or something to that effect. Chris, if I misquoted you, I'm sorry, you're a friend. Uh, but anyway, and my my review was was absolutely spectacular too. I love it. Let's meet you guys and have you talk about the show. It's not all about me today. So, um, and I just have everybody in, in it's an ensemble cast. It's hard to say who the star is in all of that because you are all spectacular. So I'm gonna do it in alphabetical order because I think that's the fair way to do it. And Chloe Baldwin, I'm gonna start with you. I think you're our one guest actually who is not a member of the ensemble of Steppenwolf. This is your debut. Although this interview could change that. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll have uh, Audrey and Glenn watch this and all sorts of things can happen. <laughs> Absolutely. But, Had some but, chaos today. Uh, yeah. So, Chloe, your background, you actually have a lot of classic stuff in your background, um, which is sort of amazing because this is such, this is classic now, but this is such a departure from the kind of things that you usually do. Winter's Tale, uh, Notebooks of Leonardo da Vinci, which was at Goodman, love that, and, and on and on. Um, but in this show, you play Dusty. Before we get to the characters, we kind of have to talk about what this show is about. So I'll, I've come to you first, Chloe. Just give us your brief review of what it is for seven women trying to keep the president alive. Yeah, absolutely. So um, basically, this show centers around most of the folks in this lovely Zoom call and in this show are staffers of the president, and they're trying to keep everything together. And then there's a couple of us wild cards uh, being the president's sister, which is not me, and the president's girlfriend, which is me. Um, I Some people might call me his mistress, but I, I prefer the term girlfriend. Um, and uh, Wait, Chloe so prefers that or Dusty prefers that? Dusty prefers that. Um, Chloe <laughs> Chloe accepts any terms uh, that you that you would like to put on Dusty. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's and it, it is. I mean, look, this is a farce. This is just hysterical, crazy stuff going on the entire time. A really great set, too, by the way. I have to the sort of set of doors, which which sorts of happens, but but so well built. So, OK, you're the president's girlfriend. We can leave it at that. But that doesn't do your character justice for the way you play this <laughs> and all that we see. And I, sometimes I tell people just a couple. I'm not going to do it here, but a couple of the things that your character does in the show to let them know this is what POTUS is kind of all about. And they fall on the floor laughing and they got to come see it. Celeste. 
guest Cooper, uh, you were in the doppelganger. So um, we, we certainly, uh, I loved you in that, but, uh, but aside from all the great stuff you, you've done Dallas house on and on at, 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 at all the theaters here, tell us about Chris. You get to play my role sort of. Yeah. Uh, so Chris is a white house reporter who had <laughs> twins. Um, so I have three kids, um, uh, a five-year-old named Kenny. And then I have twins, um, Charlie and Taylor is what I've named them. Um, but yeah, I had them six months ago. So I'm basically in my mind coming back from my maternity leave, um, and trying to get back in the game of getting the best story ever. And there's so much happening at the white house today that I think, I, I think I'm going to get you know, hopefully a really good story. By the way, so you just said the kids' names, and I'll be honest, I was there on opening night, so I'm like, did I miss the kids' name? You didn't there say was, the I literally, Kenny is the only one that's mentioned. Charlie and Taylor is my, what I've named them, my okay. twin. It's okay. not in the show. <laughs> well, since we try and go beneath the surface here, let me ask you, is there something special about those names? I mean, for me, it would be my dog's names. I mean, is, is something special about them? Uh, you know, I just like unisex names. It, there's nothing, oh. it was more just like, I, I think my twins' names are Charlie and Taylor. Okay. So it wasn't homage to anything. No, no. Okay. No. Fair enough. I just wanted to ask because someone's <laughs> going to ask me when they watch this. And so now they've heard the answer. Sandra Marquez, who plays Harriet in this show. Again, you're, you're, uh, Chicago-based actor and director, and I think Teatro Vista is the thing, without mentioning that tie to you, that's just not the right thing to do, right? That's pretty important in your career. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So for this show, however, tell us about Harriet. You are the handler of the president. Give us a bit about your role. Yeah, I think Harriet's the woman who keeps everything going. And um, she makes sure everything gets done. And when he screws up, she cleans up after him. And uh, yeah, I think most women can think of at least one example in their real lives where that happens. And Sandra, as with it as she is, there are some terms and things she doesn't seem to know, but she does figure them out by the end of the show. Yeah, she's a little naive. See how we're not giving giving anything away. What's that? In certain areas. Yes, right. See, I'm not giving anything away. She's so busy. She's so busy with other things. She doesn't have time to think about all that. You know, I, I have to tell you but that when whenever I do the show, I do my best not to give anything because I never want to say anything and have like the cast say, why did you say that? We don't want yeah. people to do that. So I'm very careful. Any secrets that get divulged, get divulged will come from you. So I, I do my best. Yet, <laughs> but I have to tell you my favorite story. I had the cast of Dear Evan Hansen on and I asked them beforehand, is there anything you don't want me to say? And somebody said, well, don't don't let them know that Connor dies. I'm like, that happens in the first three seconds of the show. Why? Why? <laughs> What is it? So I, I never take anything for granted. And I'm sorry if you didn't see Dear Evan Hansen, I just ruined that for you. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Caroline Neff, um, I, I don't even know how to talk about Stephanie. I mean, you, you go through such a change in this show. And I just said, I've got to, you and Dusty, I'll be honest, you, you, the characters of, 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 um, uh, yours of Stephanie and Dusty, I said, whatever we do, I've got to talk to those two characters because they're unbelievable. So, <laughs> Talk talk to me about Stephanie and how you keep it together every night. <laughs> uh, Stephanie is the secretary to the president, and I, I would call her a protege of Harriet's. I think that she looks at Harriet very much as a role model. Um, has has difficulty, as I think a lot of young women do, finding a way to take up space in their professional lives. So it's a matter of sort of like vocally and physically figuring out ways to fill up the space. And then, you know, and then there are some accidents that are, that transpire that lead to a different outcome than I think anybody was and anybody was anticipating. But I mean, one of the great gifts I feel terribly for a lot of my other castmates is because 
I get a lot of time where I'm not front facing the audience. So I get to like, I get to enjoy the show pretty actively um, whenever I'm on the ground or, <laughs> you know, sort of face planted or whatever it is. And so I, I, I have the great good fortune of really being, <laughs> I'm, I can't, I don't have to keep it together throughout the show. In fact, sometimes I think it's maybe better if I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like saying, even when people are, you know, surrounding outer you, you're kind of the inner tube of this, of this show. I would say, I would say that that is deeply accurate. Yeah. And for people watching this who haven't seen the show, don't know what I just, that was a little inside thing. Go see the show. You'll immediately know what I'm talking about. Karen Rodriguez, um, you were in the doppelganger. Who wasn't? And um, by the way, did you like, how was working with Rain Wilson? Was that fun? Oh my gosh. So free. So amazing. He always, um, he was a wild card. Sometimes he would uh, improvise during the show, but he always would have you. And so it was really fun and really free to to play with him. And uh, I did make him break one night. So that's probably my my proudest moment. <laughs> Good for you. That's an actor's every dream. Make the cast break. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Talk about that here. By the way, you you come from Mexico. And by, I think Instagram is actually, I mean, people, we're not live right now, but you are featured today uh, on Instagram in your background. And so Mexico was your original home. And now it's mm-hmm. here. Yeah, Matamoros, Tamaulipas, right on the border. Yeah. Fantastic. So tell us about, you're the chief of staff, and I've come to you last only because it's alphabetical. The truth is, we see you first. And, well, um, I'm the press secretary. Oh, what did I, what did I, oh I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I don't know what I just said. So yes, go ahead. Talk about <laughs> talk about Jean, the character. Yeah, so she's, um, you know, she's the press secretary. She is um, second in command in this show. Um, she is a duo with Harriet, and uh, she's the fixer of the show. I think she's... Um, um, she has a lot of surprises in this play that she is trying to get on top of, but um, I don't know if she doesn't really succeed in that. Yeah. And um, but uh, I I think of her like a like a like a bird. I, I she's a she's a, a hawk over the show and uh, tries her best to keep it together and you know spin spin this day of uh, of messes um as much as she can. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, but I have to ask Chloe, when, when Karen started, you, you just kind of put your hand in your heart, whatever. And I, I, what, tell me what, what struck you when she talked about her character. And obviously that means something to you. Oh man. It's just, I, I honestly, I was just having a moment and I, I'm sure these people are getting tired of me saying this, but I, I, it's really true. This is so cheesy, but it's so true. It's really, truly an honor to like get to work with all of you. I'm, I'm deeply, deeply obsessed with all of you. And <laughs> just to like, get to like, listen to you all talk about this. I'm like, I, I've, I'm just, I, I really am pitching myself every day that I get to do this with you guys because I, I love you. I know it's cheesy, but it's so true. Sounds like, a, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like the talk yeah. of a future ensemble member, if you ask me, but that's, you know. <laughs> that's, did, did any of you, and I, I'm going to point to people because this can be unwieldy, but uh, let me just start and I'll, I'll come back to you, Sandra, for your roles. Did any of you look to people either in, in a current or a past administration to sort of get in touch? The role is so farcical, you don't need to say, oh, I looked at Jen Psaki, you know, or something like that. But was there anybody you looked at um, from, from, from history or currently that you looked and went, yeah, I, I, need to, I need to study this person, understand my role better? Well, actually, Audrey Francis, our director, brought in uh, a few people who work at the Capitol, and Jen Saki was one of them. Really? So, yeah. I so- just picked that name. She yeah, got a book coming yeah. out, by the way. Okay. Tracy Seppel was our uh, amazing political consultant who came in and worked with us a few times, chatted with us. It was really fantastic talking with all of these women. Um and then we had a day where we did a Zoom call with uh, Jen Saki and 
Katie Bedingfield and Katie Johnson. Yeah. Um, and the communication secretary and the, and the, the uh, secretary to the president. So yeah. How, they were fantastic. Chloe, that's like one of these moments where you can do this because that is Literally. just, that, that, yeah. that is amazing. And, and by the way, Sandra, I'll stay with you. Has anybody, did any of the folks, Jen or anybody, cause this was on Broadway. Did anybody have, had any of them seen the show to your knowledge? Uh, to my knowledge, no. Tracy mm-hmm. definitely came to see this production, and we've had some. We uh, we had one night where we had two hundred women in politics come. Um, the mayor has seen it. Uh, Michelle, yeah, he was Obama's, their opening night. Michelle Obama's chief of staff has come to see it. So yeah, we've had some some heavy hitters in in the audience. Thankfully, I never know they're coming until after because I would just. Yeah, I, I was going to ask that. And, and Celeste, I'm going to come to you with, I'm going to follow up first with Karen, just for a moment to that, because out of curiosity, so I was there opening night, Mayor Johnson was there as well. And I'm sort of curious because again, the language is pretty foul on the show and whatever it, like, if somebody came to you and said, Oh, by the way, sister Jean is in the audience tonight, just so you know, um, if, if you don't know who she is, the 104 year old nun yes. from loyal, is there <laughs> Karen, does that, do you kind of like, oh, my God, we got to clean this up? Or is it like, hey, the heck, if you're in the audience, welcome to the show. No, I, I, I actually I, I love it <laughs> because we're going to gut punch you, you know, from the second. I mean, the first word alone, you know exactly, I hope, what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> it does not let up from the second the lights come up and Sandra utters that first word. And it's really fun because... um you know, I think we're living in a very femme space in this play and uh, under in- incredible duress and uh, pretty much saving the world, you know. And um, and I think it's really we've had all kinds of reactions to Jean, especially has some pretty vicious lines in the play. And sometimes <laughs> they get big laughs and sometimes they get, ooh, you know, and it's it's really cool to kind of break that mold for people of like, you know, we contain all kinds of multitudes and in, and in uh, great stress and in, and, um, and in being efficient in our jobs, you know, uh, we contain multitudes and it can be vicious, you know, yeah. it's fun. And Celeste, as sort of the journalist in this thing, and I, I've interviewed so many colleagues who, who do what you do. Did, did you reach out to any particular journalists over time? Um, you know, who are, I mean, there's so many books that come out about past presidents to get the mindset of what that is like. Uh, actually, my the conversations that I had with Tracy um, uh, were really helpful, and she actually sent me like um, someone, a woman named Kristen Welker that I, yeah. I hooked up, and and she's because- she's now the anchor of Meet the Press. Yeah, and because she also knew what it was like to have young kids and need to breast pump, because that's something that I experienced in the show. Oh, you'd never so see I, that in the show. You never <laughs> do, but you know, it's something to talk about. That would be too much. Um, but no, uh, but yeah, so that was kind of helpful because I just I, I needed to wrap my brain around about being a, a young mom and like and also needing to work at the White House in the hours. So. For me, the more I can have conversations about this stuff, the more helpful it is for me. So Tracy just knew so much um, and then just sent me resources and I would just kind of stalk them on. Too late now, but give me a call if you ever want to talk about that stuff. Happy to to fill you in. That's a whole world. I went to the White House once for a Hanukkah party and stole some forks, but it's... uh, it's, it's (laughs) Thank goodness they they search you on the way in and not on the way out because I, I walked out with a... I was like... Clark, what is Crate and Barrel? Burn it dead of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I love Burn it dead. Yes. And, and you know what? 
this was so tough when I asked you guys because, like, how how do we not talk to to Karen, who plays the president's wife, uh, and and to Megan? I mean, it's just how do you not talk to them? But uh, you, you know, you're referencing them, so that's great. And in fact, and Chloe, let me ask you since you brought that, let's let's talk a little bit about Karen Aldridge's character, the Margaret. So she is the first lady. We could have had her with us uh, doing this today, but how, how does it play your character? And you're dealing with the first lady, and you've already told us you are the president's girlfriend. Absolutely. So like, you know, at the beginning, walking into this situation, I from what the president's told me or what I think the president's told me, uh, there may or may not be some texts coming from Harriet that I think are the president. Um, <laughs> I, I think everything's all all above board and like that she's aware of everything that's going on, including a specific situation I'm in that you'll find out later in the play. But it, it's shocking to me when I show up and, and all of these women aren't like excited and banding together and like, like ready to, you know, excited about being in charge of the country and having all this power and everybody's fighting and I don't understand why. And, and it's, it, I, I really love, like, you know, I, I've looked up to to Karen for a long time and, and getting to like work with her. And there's, there's this really cool moment where we rather than fighting, like come together and she kind of inspires me a lot as, um, as a role model and, uh, and like literally pulls me up. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a really fun thing. And then that's kind of an instigation for, us starting to come together as a team um and it's it's one of the many moments uh as we kind of move into the rest of the play where it goes from everybody kind of battling each other into us becoming the avengers of the white house as i kind of like to imagine it it's it's really it's a it's a really cool thing um i love it and Caroline, let me just have you talk about megan who plays bernadette the other character just not with us so let's at least introduce her because that character is hysterical too she, she's one of my favorites. I, I I read this play when Selena wrote it, I think in 2017. Um, and, and Bernadette for me always like, I'm, I'm, I don't think in this stage of my life, I'm not right to play that role, but man, it's so fun. You know, she's tattooed. She's badass. She's strong. She's confident. She's funny. Um, and, and I just, you know, I, I feel like so frequently we don't get the we don't get the gift of really good female antiheroes in the way that like we we love Walter White because we can't help but loving Walter White. And I just don't think that we really have a femme experience of that. And I think Bernadette kind of resonates for that for me. <laughs> where I'm like, man, you know what she's doing is not great, but you really want her to do it. Billy Carter of the of back in those days, the uh, the bad way. Karen, I should have asked you really as well about that character because you've got a special <laughs> relationship there in the show. I'm not going to ruin that because it kind of I don't know. I don't know about that initially. So what, what reactions what reactions does Gene have to uh, to Bernadette or to, to Megan who plays her? Well, I think for both the actor Megan and the character Bernadette, I mean, I think she is Jean's uh, kryptonite. Um, uh, you know, she's a, Jean is a very type A and, uh, and I think Bernadette and Megan on stage <laughs> is a very exciting and dangerous and alive, um, uh, undoing for her. And, and really, truly, I mean, Megan's going to kill me for saying this, but we honestly, if you watch carefully, at least once, like we kind of break all the time because it's so alive and she always plays all kinds of things with me and I never know what to expect from her. And, uh, and it's really like, it's really, um, uh, adrenaline filled. And so sometimes we'll kind of be like just in surprise and, um, and a little quiver of a potential break will come out, but we shouldn't do that. I'm sorry, but it is so, it's well, just it very sounds, alive and it's really fun to play. Sounds with. like it's Rain Wilson's revenge on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
That's fair enough. He's always there. He's always there to get me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Sandra, let's. I, I want to let's talk about the 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 elephant in the room, which is that when you go in, I, I heard from so many people, this is about Trump. It's about the Trump administration. It was written in 2022. So one could argue it's not because we're out of the Trump years. Um, I'm not sure how reflective of a Biden administration stuff would be. There's little elements of a Bill Clinton and maybe a Jimmy Carter. So, uh, Sandra, I'll come to you. But anybody else who wants to chime in for those people who who come into the show feeling like they have to tie it to administration. And and most people have have I've heard them say we're talking about Trump here. I don't know that I buy that completely. Yeah, well, it was actually written in 2017. Oh, okay. Uh, but but that but it but it debuted on Broadway in 2022. Okay. Yeah. But that said, um Selena even writes in in the notes at the top of the the play that it's it's a combination of many administrations and and the older you are, I think the more that one when you have that I win. I do. You you, you can see that, you know, you see all the different little elements from from different administrations throughout time. But even if it and I think it was definitely inspired by certain things. But I think that um, the the I, I think those relationships are eternal. I mean, what's happening and and those dynamics are the dynamics of uh people on on capitol hill so i i don't think it really matters i don't think it it, i don't think it needs to be specifically tied to anything i think pull back the lens and look at the bigger picture and the bigger message is thank you for saying that because celeste i'm going to come to you with this which is we've been talking so much about the farce because this is just one of the funniest shows ever uh on a stage in chicago certainly steppenwolf but 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 anywhere it's great but i think that sandra raises a good point celeste i'll come to you because you're the journalist in this show which is there are some deeper themes. Doesn't really matter what president, if any, you're talking about. There are some deeper themes going on here. For example, the relationship between the responsibilities of the press and the president. I would tell you that I had some uncomfortable moments watching it just in my professional role in terms of where you are, where you're, where you're hiding, where you are, what you're doing, those kind of things. What talk to me about what you strikes you as some of the, the deeper themes that come out of the show that have, they're beyond the farce. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think the, the first thing that's come to my mind right now is just thinking about, um, like, who's really responsible, like the, the the person that's truly responsible, and um, and just thinking about when we choose political leaders, um, what are we choosing them for, uh, and and. And do we really know everyone that's behind them? Um, you know, because sometimes it's just like they're the face. And that's what I feel like this show is really showing me. It's like POTUS, who we never see, the face that we never see. But it's all the other people behind that are... Arguably, we never see him. That we arguably never see. Like, it's like, um, it's like all the people behind him are actually doing the work. You know, Harriet's writing the full speech. So who is this person that's running <laughs> the country? You know, so and and then just I think um, I think the journalist part of myself is probably like I have more like insight in knowing some things, um, you know, through the, the things that I learned of just like uh, it's a norm that, you know, after at, in the White House or whatever, people will go to the bar and have a drink and off the record have conversations. So I'm thinking about I'm probably kicking back, you know, drinking with Jean and I hear a little bit more and she's like off the record, off the record. And it just <laughs> kind of, it's just like, you know, why do we have this person 
Um, you know, and I, and it's like, I know why we have this person, like, and why couldn't it been Harriet, you know what I mean? Running the country. So I think for me, it's like, who, who is truly responsible and who will you feel comfortable? Um, um, who will you not even feel comfortable? Who will you actually make room to lead that should lead, uh, regardless of what they look like and their background and all of that. Um, Karen, from your role, what, what strikes you is, uh, because I think your your role puts you in the world of, I think, thinking about the deeper messages that come from the show. I mean, I think, in particular for Gina, I think her journey is about the cost of it. It's about, um, do I walk individually with my own ambitions, with my own needs and wants? Like, I think Jean wants her own MSNBC show, She and she, she's worked hard. She's Ivy League educated. Um, all of these people in the White House are um, are geniuses. I mean, they really are. And and um, or do I walk for the cause? Do I put my neck out um, to hopefully par- like do a paradigm shift of who it, who can be our leaders? Like, why is it that only a certain type archetype of person for hundreds of years have has been our leader? And, um, but it might be a thing of like, it, you know, Jean may not see it in her lifetime. And I think that she grapples with that, um, her ambition and her own, um, and not just ambition, but like her own, um, uh, want for change. I mean, I think she is actively making change and yet she's still stuck in an administration where she is saving, um, someone who probably shouldn't be in that position. Um, and she is serving Harriet, who every day she gets to witness someone who is like, why aren't you president? You are so capable, efficient, a badass. And yet she has to write the 37 drafts for POTUS and uh, watch him do it. Yeah. Um, so I think and it's I about totally, I totally buy Sandra in that role, by the way. You are just, I mean, I totally buy you as that person who is going through that. So it's magnificent. Carolyn, I think you kind of represent the stress of Washington. And I have a <laughs> feeling that Jen Psaki and everybody else you talk to, probably if they watch the show, look at you and go, I'm you. I can't show it, but I'm you. <laughs> um, I think I am also a lot of Stephanie, so <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really interesting to hear the three of them talk about kind of what their daily what their daily life was. And I think, you know, the thing that was most surprising to me was like the similarities between actors and theater artists that I know and people in the in the political landscape, because I think that it they must sort of operate in two different ways. And one is which the necessity to do it for society and the other is the necessity of doing it for yourself. And with both of those, I think come a lot of, of personal compromises that you have to make. Um, but then a lot of like, like release of stress, you know? So it was like, it was really fascinating to hear these women talk about like, yeah. And then we go to the bar and we probably drink too much. And then we go Mm -hmm. home and and, and do it all over again. And then like the next day is the most mundane day of all time. We do our meetings, we do our things, we do our briefings, and then we go home and we do it all over again. And then there's these like super exceptional days, which I think is what you experience when you come and watch POTUS is it just happens to be an extraordinary day 
in an extraordinary place with a bunch of surprises that nobody was anticipating. Um, and so it is, it's like the release valve. What do you do with, with like, with that's your release valve. And hopefully it's all, hopefully it's all done in, in, in healthy, loving, generous, kind ways to yourself, your body, your brain, your spirit, and all of those things. But um, yeah, I think, I think, I think that the, the, the need for release when you are in a position like that, which feels necessary in society and in community, but also something that you personally feel really called to do. Yeah. And, and Chloe, I feel as though Selena probably intentionally kept the role of Dusty light. Look, there have been lots of presidential mistresses, girlfriends throughout history. I mean, go back to FDR. I mean, just lots of them. And it does make you wonder just how influential some of them have been uh, when they get the ear of the president at, at times that we're not around. Uh, and I'm sure that that is the case, that many of them have, have had the president's ear and may have made differences in national uh, programs and such. Who knows? But your role is kept pretty light. And to guarantee it, again, not giving anything away, but your interaction with some veterans, uh, you know, just some things that happen in the show. These are just little buzzwords. I can tell you, you know exactly what I mean. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but they, they confirm, <laughs> they confirm. I'm laughing. I just, my mind went back to thinking about that. They confirm the fact that you're not there to, you know, make the president take policy positions. You're there to just show this, this, um, weakness, uh, in, in any leader, uh, that might be around that they have. The power. Yeah, it's it's a cool thing to feel because I, I think that it it's she's so different from any other like you know quote unquote mistress or or whatever it's been throughout, especially like our our U.S. history because she doesn't she has no shame. I think that's one of the things I love about Dusty so much is like it. She kind of introduces this idea of like why should there be shame surrounding this aspect of everybody's life? Like it's 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 fun and it's joyous and like you can you can experience it. And like, she has all this kind of personal power that I really uh, admire and like, like about her because, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it, 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 it's something that's like, you know, it kind of connects us all. And also something that like can be fun and can be light and like, doesn't have to be this like dark shove this person under the rug kind of thing. It's, it can be like, Oh, well, this is just a part of life and I'm here and we really like each other and we like to have some fun times. So it's like, it's uh it's it's very liberating to me in that way of like getting rid of some of the shame surrounding some some sexy stuff that can can happen around around leadership or around yeah. open power. When you guys come out after the um after the the show and I I you know the stage door doesn't kind of exist anymore but people are often waiting for you in the lobby and that sort of thing. By the way Celeste I will tell you I I am not only I'm not only there on press night but I'm a subscriber and a donor to the Steppenwolf. I I love the Steppenwolf and um I give a lot every year I give enough to get free drinks at the bar. So, uh, but anyway, so, so <laughs> but I get subscription tickets. <laughs> I share them. You're welcome. I share those tickets with other people this, this weekend. In fact, my colleague, Lourdes Duarte will, will be using, will be there using the tickets. She's one of our great investigative reporters in the city. So, um, uh, but, but I'm sort of curious when you come out, do, do, who, who waits for you? Or do you have people waiting? I mean, is it young people sort of saying, I want to be an actor? Or do you find people that are so into the political nature of the story that they want to just talk politics with you a little bit? Celeste? Uh, you know, isn't that you have those interactions? I, I, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm really good at sneaking out. Um, <laughs> so okay, who doesn't sneak out? Who's talking the times, to the cat? Well, the times that I don't sneak out, I, I, I think it's always a combination of just theater goer, young artists. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a combination of people. I don't know that I don't, I don't usually stay too long to know their backstory of who, who they are, but yeah, they'll tell you. 
Well, look, yeah. Sandra, do you have any, do you, do you talk to people on the lobby? I'm sort of curious what kind of interaction you have with folks. Or are you sneaking I out sneak with out Celeste? too, Paul. I sneak out. I'll bet you Chloe does it. We got to go to the other. Let's, let's get, Chloe, you don't sneak out, do you, Chloe? I am a consummate extrovert. I uh, I love going and talking to people. A lot of times, the, the coolest thing is like uh, a lot of like, Women in their 50s, like, is the main people that will come up to me and be so excited. And, like, they're like, I've never seen any theater like this before. It was so empowering. Some of them have, like, really powerful jobs and will tell me about that. Or some of them are just, like, like just excited that they're seeing, like, women on stage get to be funny and, like, get to be visceral and wild. And, like, it's it's really, really inspiring to, like, get to talk to those folks and, and have them be excited, like, about my role in some ways because it's kind of like liberating and fun and different but like just overall about the whole thing and get and also getting to nerd out with them about my castmates is really fun yeah. too <laughs> and karen let me just ask you i mean playing this kind of role with this far school role what what brings you more pleasure like is this like this is my thing or you know send me to shakespeare i mean what 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 brings oh, you alive no, as an actor no shakespeare for me no shakespeare well, for I, well I'm just um, <laughs> i had chloe on my brain just talk to her so yeah <laughs> I'll leave that to glow. No, I, I, uh, <laughs> um, I, I love, I love, um, this is my second farce ever. I love comedy. I think it's the most, um, disarming and, uh, energizing and, uh, effective tool for storytelling. I think it makes us soft. It allows us to, to relax and show, and show our, our underbelly here and just relax. And then we can, um, not necessarily gut punch, but, uh, um, make a point. I think, I think there's nothing. It's, it's why I got into theater. It's why I got into performance. Like the first time I, I was, I was, uh, in a dramatic role. That was my first role ever. I forgot my first line cause I was so nervous. And then it came to me like lightning and I said it and I said it in a very funny way and I got a laugh and I was hooked because it's just, um, the communal aspect of laughter. And it's so unique comedy humor is so unique to everybody and i i just think it's um so for me i'm like if if, if comedy sign me up but i will do anything except shakespeare okay. <laughs> of course <laughs> but, and caroline by the way what you do is so hysterical but I, I look i'm guessing some nights the audience is laughing louder than others whatever how much does it how much does audience reaction caroline influence you or if impact you <laughs> especially you because i mean the stuff you're doing you need that reaction i think you know, it's interesting. I feel like I feel like sometimes we have a crowd that really is in alignment with like the Harriet, Jean, Margaret track. And then you have audiences that are sort of in more alignment with like the Bernadette, Dusty, Stephanie track. And Chris, I think, kind of splits both of those mm-hmm. both of those groups really well. So, so, you know, something we talked about a lot in rehearsal is like if, if, if we were to be if, if we were to be looking at this as though we were a sports team, like who's the bump, who's the set and who's the spike. And I think that one of the most important things about comedy is knowing that sometimes you're setting up a joke and sometimes you're delivering the joke. And so being that support system and that thing, which is often a lot of times what Stephanie is, you know what I mean? She's like, Hey, I'm doing this weird thing so that this other weird thing can happen. And so a lot of times, actually, I think it's like, I get the opportunity to really like lift up the next set of action (laughs) and let my castmates go, Bam, bam, which is really, which is really fun, and, and 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 I really like the unpredictability of it. And this show, I will say, has had for me the most unpredictable audience response of any show I've ever done. Yeah, same. Well, it was predictable opening night. I can tell you that it was a blast. And are you wearing clogs right now? By the way, out of curiosity. Wait, is that what? Not clog. What are they called? Crocs. Crocs. 
Crocs. That's what I, pro, cro, that's what I meant to say. I blew the I blew the line. Um, well, the POTUS is playing at the Steppenwolf Theater through December 17th. Last extension, folks. Steppenwolf.org is where you can get your tickets. Thank you to all of you. You do such an amazing job. Just congratulations. Break legs every night. I love this show. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, have a great day, everybody. I'll see y'all soon. See you soon.